Well, today is the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and uh, so I'd like to give another uh, pro-life homily. Can we not see in the parable that Christ has put forth before us something very analogous to the growth of a child in the womb of its mother? Talk about Jesus says, you know, in, in both of these parables, he has the fact that the seed is sown and it just... It, it grows of its own accord. It has this sort of intrinsic uh, virtue to it, and it, it just starts to unfold and develop. And um, he knows not how. The farmer knows not how. So because of the lack of the farmer's knowledge, we can infer that he's not the master, the ultimate master of this life that he is kind of managing and taking care of because he doesn't he doesn't totally understand it there's a bit of a mystery to it and uh so it is with with human life as well we're not ultimate masters and there's a certain mystery to it um and uh, also in the second parable here with the mustard seed it's small but then it uh it's invisible it's unseen and then suddenly it kind of comes to light and it flourishes and it grows into this big tree and all the birds of the air are able to make use of it. And so what we have is this invisible reality that's got all of these hidden potentialities in it uh, for good. And so also with human life, it's this kind of hidden unseen reality. Uh, many times women you know, are, are pregnant and they figure out that they're pregnant after they're pregnant. You know, I mean, it's not like they have all this infinite knowledge. Oh, I definitely know I'm not, I'm not pregnant. And so we're, I mean, it's, it's just, there's this reality that's unseen and it comes to light at some point. And then there's this new life that is, uh, come about and it has all of these potentialities for good. Uh, so also, you know, that's how it is. That's how it is with, with, with human life as it's conceived in the womb of the mother and as it uh, comes to light in birth, and then it unfolds throughout the course of our life, each one of us, and we have these un, these these hidden potentialities for good that unfolds. Um, hopefully, if we are uh, abiding by our our nature and according to God's law, and living uh, a just and moral life, we have uh, unpacking a lot of potential in us in human nature for good. Another, another way of looking at this, I see this kind of an idea or theme of discontinuity, continuity. So if you can think of that, discontinuity, continuity. There is a very sharp discontinuity between non-living beings and living beings. And living things cannot be reduced to non-living things. No matter how much a materialist uh, philosopher or scientist would want that to be the case. There is just no continuity between non-living things and living things. Uh, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a really great and clear and evident mystery. Uh, I'm sorry, really a really great mystery, but it's also at the same time kind of clear to us that there is a very great distinction between the two. And there's also a great distinction between plant life and animal life. And so also there's a very great discontinuity between animal life and human life. Human life is rational. Uh, and human beings can reflect upon 
ultimate purposes and meaning. Uh, and uh, animal life cannot do that. Only human life can do that. So, um, you know, in the womb of a mother, the conceptus, that, that which has been conceived, there is discontinuity in continuity. There's discontinuity between, um, well, let's just talk about the continuity. There isn't any point in the unfolding of the embryo uh, and, and the fetus and the development of the, of the unborn child where we can say, oh, that's definitely not a human being. Oh, and now it's a human being. That just crossed over this threshold. There isn't any point like that. It's just a complete, perfect continuity of unfolding of this being to arrive at someone like you and me. And if we're human beings, then we have to conclude that this entire process, this being as it unfolds, it's a human being. And uh, the people who have the, the pro-choice argument or the anti-life argument, uh, they will put forward some very fallacious kind of ideas like... Um, you know, Roe v. Wade itself, that's a Supreme Court decision in 1973, it made a distinction between a child that is viable versus unviable, meaning that it can live outside of its mother's womb if it, if it, you know, it's possible or versus it's not possible. But you know, that depends on technology. I mean, in 1973, you know, a child could live outside its mother's womb after only maybe what? I don't know how many weeks, but now it's less and less weeks because we got better technology. I mean, the point is this is an arbitrary way of determining what, when the child is a human being, when it's not a human being. It's just silly. Uh, you can't say, you know, our humanity depends upon, you know, whether it's outside the mother's womb or inside the mother's womb. That's an arbitrary um, division or dividing line. So also, what is it? You know, you're a human being or you're not a human being versus technology. So, you know, that that that's variable and changes from age to age. Our technology improves as we go on. So, they're just it's a total wild goose chase to try to find some kind of dividing line when this is now a human being and it's not a human being. Um, the other the other fallacy in all of this is. Humanity, someone's human status as a human person now is attributed to whether or not they're able to attribute themselves consciously some form of kind of value to their own life. So that what, is that what makes someone a human being? You know, what, is it that what we have, the exercise of our faculties, is that what makes us human? Um, you know, if we were to, to say that that's the case, then you know, we'd have to conclude that uh, people who are in a vegetative state, you know, they're not, they're not really human beings anymore. They've just lost their humanity. You know, what about newborn children who are just six months old? They're not really, I mean, their mind is developing. They're not really conscious enough to, you know, consciously attribute to their own existence some kind of ultimate value, you know. So there's, they're not human beings. So why don't, we, why don't we have it if we want to just be able to kill six-month-old children if we don't want them? You know, why not, right? So we see no matter how you think about it and approach the issue, the burden of the proof lies on the person who wants to argue that the unborn child is not really a human person. It just is, and it's common sense. And they don't have any ground to stand on. And I really think that um, for many moral questions, there's difficulties involved. And there's room for debate, and there's gray area. And someone can be... Uh, in error, but be in good conscience. But in this one, mm, I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot of good conscience going on here. 
I think that people are really operating with a bad conscience when they're, you know, very, very uh, pro-choice. And uh, so this is this is continuity, but uh, discontinuity. Um, we have the ability to look at to to apprehend the truth, the inner truth, the hidden truth, just like that mustard seed, just like that seed that's sown in the field and it grows not how. We have the ability to look and say, this is life. This is human life. Doesn't matter what it can do. It doesn't look pretty. Doesn't look exactly like you and me right now in our full developed state. It doesn't, you know, uh, vote. It doesn't, you know, it's not able to climb a mountain. You know, all of these things, what it has and what it can do, it doesn't matter. We know what it is. We know what it is. We apprehend the inner truth of its being and that this is human life. And uh, that's a, a very beautiful ability to do that. And we, When we do that with one another, we apprehend this is a fellow human being that I'm dealing with. And we're able to appreciate that neighbor of ours in all his or her individuality and, and humanity and beauty. Uh, and it's really a positive message that we have um, to give to the world. Uh, it's not so much about what we're against, um, what it is, it's about what we're for. So we have the positive message. Let's pray uh, that it's heard more and more, as I, I believe it is. I believe that the Catholic Church in America has made great progress in the pro-life movement, and um, let's continue to, to go forward and go ahead uh, doing the same.